Welcome back to Disruptive AF. It's your edge of innovation for the United States Air Force and Space Force, taking you right exactly to find out what the what is happening on the cutting edge of innovation with, with I mean, not only technology, but processes, people, capabilities that the Air Force has right at your fingertips. I'm telling you, couldn't be more pumped to have you with us here today because we have, honestly, I mean, one of my favorite people ever, but I feel like I say that all the time, but seriously, one of my favorite people ever today with us that we're going to get to talking design warfare. Andrew Caprio is going to be up here in just a second. Before we even get there, I got to tell you this though. Listen, if you haven't done it, make sure you head on over right now to Morpheus, uh, Morpheus AF. It's under uh, the LinkedIn page. That's where you're going to be able to catch all the information about what's going on, where Morpheus is, because Disruptive AF is powered by Morpheus. If you don't know what Morpheus is, well, then you know you need to go back and watch uh, the Vice Chief episode. You need to go back and watch the Morpheus episode, but that's totally fine. Uh, you know we'll forgive you for that here. So listen, make sure also if you haven't taken the time to be able to do it, uh, you can follow us along on YouTube. If you're listening to this audio, you can literally go to Morpheus AF uh, under uh, YouTube and watch the video live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, or if uh, you are over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and lastly hit the bell because listen, we don't want to miss out on you getting notified when great innovation talk has taken place for the air and space force right here so coming up without further ado around disruptive af we got andrew caprio caprio coming up right now Now, I told you, I told you, he's one of my favorite people ever, and I literally, literally mean that. I'm not even going to, we're just going to skip over the niceties and get straight to the man, the myth, the legend. Bro, what is going on? Andrew Caprio, listen, he's one of one of our uh, uh, partners, oh. people's, boom, with a toast, I love it. He's one of our uh, friends and partners here uh, at Morpheus, uh, Morpheus with, with the Innovation Cell under the Vice Chief um, Vice Chief's office. But what we're talking about today is some of the awesome things that he's been doing well before that, um, which is literally helping with, to, to build out a capability, an education capability of helping people to be able to think, work themselves through this creative mindset process. Andrew, Cap, well, we call him Cap. I mean, you're a friend. Cap, welcome, brother. So glad to have you. What up? Yeah, this is rad, man. Intro's awesome. You you bring the noise. I'm ready. Let's do bring it. Bring the noise. Bring the noise. Dude, let's uh, <laughs> first let's let's rewind like two years ago, if you will, because that's that's really kind of the beginning of design warfare, um, of what that is. And for anybody who's listening and you say, Dude, I don't know what the heck design warfare is. I haven't heard about this. Uh Cap, what 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 is it and where did it come from? Let's let's start there. What is design warfare? Well, uh, so about two years ago, we launched it. Uh, I would say even a year prior to that, so three years ago, we were challenged to kind of get involved in the innovation space, represent the airmen, and invest in the people and kind of make a difference in the 7th bomb wing at Dias Air Force Base. Um, we had an amazing mentor, uh, Ed Sumangale, and he brought us under his wing and sent us to Hacking for Defense, uh, become the educators for that. Quickly found out that it didn't really apply directly to us, and we tried to reorient it to where it helped the actual warfighter, the people on the flight line, the people who are man your gate, um, the individuals who are out there doing it. So we took that kind of concept and we moved it around. We did a lot of research. We were definitely challenged to take on endeavors and and read every day and refocus and re-trajectory, uh, re-vector ourselves what we had to do. So design warfare started as um, 
just a way to get after problems, right? And yeah, we got yeah. really good at getting money and solving problems. But then my partner and I, Anthony Wedge Bunker, he and what? I discovered that it was too hard. Wedge is the man. Wedge. Uh, he is Shout out to Wedge. Is the myth. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the. I just wish he was like he's he's gonna go off and do amazing things, and we're gonna we're gonna cross paths again soon. But yeah, yeah we we basically got encumbered with everybody's problems, and then we people kept organizations and the government kept throwing money at us and we we're like the issue is not that we don't have money or we don't have people that want to get after it or people that want to change yeah. the issue is that nobody's invested in human capital and nobody knows what they should be doing and they're not given the tools and they're not given the education nor the freedom to fail and the freedom to run that was it that was the birth of design warfare we came up with a course oriented towards them in the paradigm that we exist in to empower them to mm-hmm. get after it uh and it's we do it like uh we do it like AA, right? We're uh we let them we we'll let them go through, we give them the handbook and whatever they go do, if they need to come back and help, they can build yeah. their own cells. It's a cell concept to get out there and get after it. But that's the beginning, that's the birth of it, was solving the human capital piece. Yeah. So so when at what level? I mean, this started you were you were at Dynast Air Force Base, right? You guys came together, you had that local wing leadership supporting you. This is so so initially right now. Uh, I, I, when you started, actually, it was at a wing function, right? This you, this was internally designed to be help your own people. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. what happened? Initial, initial concept, we were in a closet. <laughs> we had a, we found a room with a bunch of Christmas trees and we took out the Christmas <laughs> trees. <laughs> Wedge, Wedge uh, named it humbly the do little office because it was a little office and people assume that we do little but we actually have a signed do little uh autograph picture in there so we in our little do in our do little office we hosted the first course it was five people um the irony of it was that wedge and i were teaching and in the first course and wedge missed the first week i won't let him live that down so (laughs) yeah he he got called he's a flyer he had to go fly a mission and he wasn't there the first week so that's where we started in the Christmas tree office, uh, in the closet in nowhere. We grabbed some, some, we had an EOD troop. We had a ALS instructor. We had a CPI mentor. And that was the first thing. It then rapidly grew because of the results that we garnered, what those people themselves became the force multiplier. They became the catalyst for change. Not us. It wasn't in our laps anymore. We, we empowered them. We educated them, which then it grew. We ran another course. We built a classroom. Then we ran a third course that actually got shut down for COVID. Uh, that one never actually made it to the end. But from that course, we built our first instructor, Dom Garcia. Uh, and then from there, we went up to the MAGCOM. We hosted a 30-person course at Air Force Global Strike Command in their new innovation space called yeah. uh, StrikeWorks. Gorgeous facility, a ton of stuff. I'm a Global Strike baby. This is my career. I've, I've, I've been in there. I've, I've been around it. My, my heart is always there. Yeah. So we, we ran about three iterations there. And then we grew to AFWorks. Um, we ran two iterations out of that at a DC and another one at a Dayton, Ohio. And then now trigger, you and I get to work every day together. I'm hoping that we grow this from the DAF level and we're going to continue to grow out from there. ATC has ran their own course. They plan on facilitating their own global strike is running their own, uh, leg. Now Africa is running their own leg. Uh, it's, it's grown from this little thing in two little dudes in a, in a closet to now we have representation. We have well over 200 graduates. Um, we have breakout programs that our instructors and students have built themselves. Um, some focused on EQ, some focus on project management, but it's theirs. It's theirs to have it. We're, yeah. we're just the people that started it. It's not ours. It's the people's. And that's the coolest thing about it. 
Dude, there, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, there's so much, there's Whoa. so much, there's Whoa. so much to unpack Whoa. there that I, I, we just gotta dive into it. Okay, first to rewind because I know without a shadow of a doubt somebody's gonna listen to this somewhere across the Air Force and they're gonna be like, "What do you mean we haven't invested in human capital? I'm in the human capital office, or I'm in the, I, yep. I'm, in, I'm in this performance office. Where this is literally my job. How did you say that? So, that is my job title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is what I do. Uh, and I think it's important to say. When, when, you know, when this started, when this starts out as a wing perspective to be able to start, you know, at, at the grassroots of, of exactly where you're at, this is intended to be able to grow and help the people at your level. You know, sometimes at different levels, you don't know what other offices exist. So it's not to say that that Big Air Force or, you know, DAF hasn't made an investment somewhere into this, but but oftentimes what happens into the innovation space is that there's a lot of capabilities sitting out there and we don't have connections to it and we don't necessarily know what those connections are. Um, so, so I just got to put that disclaimer because I know I'm going to get some nasty gram somewhere to say, what are you talking about? We don't invest into blah, blah, blah. We do. We, yes, we know, we know that, but this is exactly what Cap is talking about. This is that challenge of there's those investment pieces out there, but sometimes one, we don't have connections to it, which, which we have to work on. Literally one of the things that Morpheus is working on to be able to build connections across the, the innovation ecosystem intentional fruitful connections but but then the other thing is sometimes you gotta you, you have to build this internally to yourself to be able to meet your problem set that you're facing because even those investments that have been made at the at the air force level at the daf level and uh sometimes those investments aren't exactly what we need at our level and that's what i love so much about design warfare is, is that it literally teaches you and enables you whether no matter what level you're at whether you're tactical operational strategic it doesn't matter where you're sitting at. The graduates of design warfare and the processes that they, that they go through literally helps you to be able to tackle at any and every level because you're you're training these these critical thinkers to be able to think for themselves and approach something from a problem set instead of trying to start immediately with the solution, which is just awesome. I mean, seriously. Trigger, trigger, you hit it. Uh, I, I'm a strong believer that there's different ecosystems in the Air Force. Yeah, and I think that where we affect change and where we're going after human capital has been an investment epme pme it's it's there but it's there for the machine it's there for the mission and it makes the mission run flawlessly right. it makes us the best at what we do we're on the fringe of it uh you say it yourself we're on the edge of what's happening we're looking at emerging technologies and emerging practices and being paragons ourselves and and how we operate and that's what i'm looking for that's where my investment is that's my human capital search when we're trying to go out there and like you said fruitful connections with companies academia, things like that, and actually treat ourselves and treat our people like uh, human capital investment, our venture capitalists, and we can get out there and, and really be mindful of how we're sp are spending, mindful of how we're spending our time, our money, our resources, and our people's talents. I, I would say a very ignorant young uh, airman, uh, Caprio, would have never realized the crazy amount of talent that's actually in the Air Force, and we're finally able to tap into it. There are people with so many skills and degrees and certificates and just life experience, uh, experience in industry. And we've been able to, through our type of marketing that we do and how we search and how we make it a little bit more ambiguous to apply design warfare, those people who are looking for more who have those talents yeah. are emerging and they're coming out. So yeah. it's it's been fantastic. And I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to tap into that. Yeah. So, so this is, you mentioned a couple of different uh, MATCHCOMs that are focusing, MATCHCOMs and organizations that are focusing on this. You mentioned Global Strike. You mentioned, uh, who, who's another one? Afrix is starting to focus specifically on on one. What mm -hmm. was another one that you mentioned? 
So Air Education Training Command, they just yeah. ran their first, their inaugural, is it inaugural the right term? They just ran yeah. their first yeah. course. And yeah. uh, it was it was good. Uh, they came out with some great things. We went back to the original concept where they focused on just the MAGCOM and the headquarter base at Shepherd, And they got some, some actionable items that came out of it. The goal at the end of the course is never actually to come up with a project. It's to invest in the people. The people is the end result. Yeah. So if they come up with a, a plan or an action plan or solution or investment of some kind or a reutilization of something, that's just that's icing on the cake. But yeah. the human investment is what the big purpose is. Some people don't like that because you always expect to to instantly receive something when you spend your time, but they will because the the X factor, the human, the maverick investment is is where it's at. Yeah, you know what? Here at Disruptive AF, we're gonna give you some love on that because that is come on, audience, give it to ah. them. I mean, <laughs> seriously, yes. The human investment that that is so, <laughs> yes, it's so, yes, it's so yes, 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 it's so it's so important. Uh, and man, I'll get it on a bandstand, I'll get it on a soapbox all day long and say, listen, if all we do is focus on the widget we're making, we are going to be sorely disappointed because the widget is going to change as fast as technology changes. The thing we have to value is the process, not the product. I'll say it again. We have to value the process, and that's what I love about this is is as you solve these. <laughs> Dude, we have too we have too much fun. Too much energy today. But as as we as we tackle this, as we tackle these challenges and problems, like we have to keep in mind, listen, the, the, the end state is gonna change. And that's the nature of what it is. We have to be growing, just as Chief Brown has talked about. Uh, we have to get into a place where we are in we are in a mindset where we're not afraid of change, but instead, and we're not changing just for change's sake, but we're intentionally taking iterative development steps, which is change. I mean, we're intentionally growing as our needs grow and if you don't build a process that enables you to do that then 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 what are we doing and that's what i love 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 about design warfare is that you make this investment into the people because the people are the ones that are the process they enable that process to take place because the reality is for every great technology or every great widget or every i say widget just as kind of like the 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 arbitrary like encompassing of whatever the product is but uh, for whatever that widget is there was a person and a brain behind it, a person whose creative talent and skill thought of applying uh, their efforts to that thing to be able to create that item. And that's why. So when you look at look at what the widget is, there are hundreds of brilliant minds and people and talent and skill that's behind that. And, and, that's, and that's why I think this is so important, the design warfare piece of what you say, investing into the process, investing into the people. I mean, that's that's absolutely golden. How would you... Uh, because I know there, there's been times where people hear about design warfare and they're like, oh, well, it's a design sprint. Um, no, it's it's not inherently just a design sprint because people say, well, there's different organizations that do design sprint. If you have a challenge, you can go to them. How is this different uh, outside of you? And I know that it's like 180 degrees. It's opposite. It's like not exact. It's not that. If you have a problem, you don't go to design warfare just to be able to solve the problem. How is that different from what a design sprint course uh, workshop would be just to kind of cage that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think at the end to encompass what you said and to wrap it in a nice bow, we give, we give purpose intentionality. Um, the, at the end of it, we do teach design sprint and when they leave, they are able to facilitate design sprints, but our main focus and the facilitators out there and how we get after it is that one, we spend the first week completely disrupting everything they know. During the design sprint, you don't actually drive any behavior. You solve the problem, you bring it forward, and you guide them through the process, but nothing is repeatable. People become aware, they become advocates for it, but they're not truly knowledgeable, and they can't execute. 
So in the design warfare program, there's four weeks. First week is complete disruption. We take them out of uniforms. We don't let them use ranks. We give them all nicknames or we let them use their nicknames that they have. After we disrupt them and we give them this room to run, you see this paralysis by analysis. And they, and they all of a sudden need to realize that I have all the capabilities and I have all the talent, but nobody's ever taken the leash off. So we let them fumble and we let them fail. In a design sprint, you truly don't get to fail. You're always, you're always given the next step or you're paddled one direction or another, uh, which is great. But at the end of this, I'm trying to drive a behavior and I'm trying to change the way that they view the world, not for innovation or for emerging technology, but for anything, any problem they go after, understanding the correct tool, uh, understanding the correct tool for the, and identifying the problem. That's, that's our goal. Second week, we let them apply the knowledge that they start to learn. And again, at the end, they fail. Third week, they apply a little bit more. They understand customer discovery, uh, building a small business, applying uh, human capital, listening to people, and understanding human-centric design, which is something that I say, Trigger, it's our generation that might have ruined it. We are so connected, but so disconnected. Yeah. So we teach them how to human. It's, yeah. it's a simple concept. So Talk and engage. And then the last week- We teach week, them how to uh, human. We, we teach them how to human. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, that's good. <laughs> And then the last week, we give them some applied skills, design sprints. Uh, we teach them how to pitch, but we call it giving their journey or their capstone. Everybody, again, the final thing we disrupt is, you know, you have your briefing style, your three by three or three by six, and you have to be up there and read off the slide. And no, we have them go up there and give a story and bring the person in. And then at the end, tell them what they're going after. And then the crowd or the general or the chief realizes like, oh, these individuals don't actually need me. They kind of might need me to get out of the way and accept the fact that they've 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 unearthed something and they have the ability to go after it. And they, I just need me as an advocate. They don't. Yeah. I, I I just need to support them. Design sprint. Uh, at the end, you know, you come up with a solution, you come up with a plan, you come up with a with a business to invest in or, or opportunity. What they're amazing, and I think they are the way to get after problems. Difference is they're going after solutions. I'm trying to drive behavior, yeah. giving uh, intentionality to purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want to key in on something you just said right there about um, design warfare allows leaders to be an advocate and not have to be the one forcing the change and driving the change behind it. It literally changes the perspective of the individuals and, and what it does is build out their team. I be, because I, I can understand if we we're going to be real, if we we're going to have real honest discussion, I can understand when you have a uh, uh, driven creative people sometimes uh, leaders can honestly be like man i <laughs> this is as long as you're listening to what i'm telling you to do great but if you get too far out ahead of me uh sometimes leaders can say well i'm not sure that's a good thing um it is a good thing it is a good thing to be have to be able to have people who you can advocate for who you can let loose who understand what your vision is um yeah of course maybe you have to be able to guide them a little bit to the left or the right but one of the greatest things we've seen in the innovation space just across the Air Force and, and, and now as a, a Space Force is, is growing and developing with Spaceworks. I mean, one of the greatest things we've started realizing is take the, sh take the shackles off. Not that anybody was trying to intentionally stop. Some, I mean, there, there are those barriers out there. But take the shackles off and say, listen, you have incredibly talented, creative people who are ready to be able to help you solve the challenges you have, help you to be able to solve the frustrations that you've seen in the organization. And now it, through Design Warfare, you have somebody who is – educated with the principles, the capability, the mindset, the, the, the backing, the network to, to be able to do this. All you have to do is be an advocate for them, 
them and allow them to move forward in this space and give them the give them the runway to be able to do it. That is so incredibly powerful. Dude, um, uh, we're going to be coming back to segment two. If you're joining with us, again, you've been watching with us for a while. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell, whether you're watching, whether you're listening audio or whether you're watching YouTube or maybe you're watching this on LinkedIn because we posted it out. All good. We're going to be right back talking about how you can get involved right here with Andrew Caprio and Design Warfare. So we'll see you right back here in just a second. Yo, we're back once again for part two of Disruptive AF Talking Design Warfare with Andrew Caprio. Seriously, so much fun. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share this because I'm telling you, we have more fun than probably should be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but seriously, today we have a great friend, great leader, amazing guy, who uh, one of the founders and designers of uh, Design Warfare, Andrew Caprio, coming back. <laughs> Andrew, Cap, what are you? <laughs> oh, God, get out of here, man. You're out of control. You're out of control. Out of control. <laughs> Gosh, thank you. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, hey, before we took before we took a quick break, we uh, uh we were just talking about the importance of of how design warfare enables leaders uh to be able to be an advocate for their people instead of having to direct their people. And I think that's that is something that I'm going to I'm going to make a bombastic statement here that that um I make a lot of statements that could probably get me in trouble, but <laughs> I'm going to make a statement that's this uh, um I'm going to say the majority of Air Force leaders in a leadership position. Uh, would love to have people that they can trust to just go. There are exceptions to every rule. I'm not going to touch that discussion right now with a 10-foot pole. But what I will tell you is the majority of leaders, I believe, really want those people who they can just uh, trust them. They can give them the direction that, that they're needing and be an advocate for them. And that's one of the things Design Warfare does. Um, how, how does somebody cap in, in a remaining time in the second part, I want to talk about how can somebody get involved? Because you talked about a couple of organizations, ATC, uh, a global strike has, uh, has done their sprint. Uh, Afworks is diving into this. Now, currently you, uh, being hired into the Morpheus team, being brought into the Morpheus team with the innovation, what was previously called the SI2C strategic, uh, I, I for, even forget what it is. It were Morpheus. It doesn't matter. Um, but with the innovation team that sets, uh, answer, speaks directly with the vice chief, um, what is next for design warfare and how do people get involved in it? If people are listening to this and say, man, my organization need, needs this. If a squadron commander says, hey, I, I need my people, my gals and ga guys and gals involved in this. What's coming? What's next? How do people get involved? Wow. Uh, so Loaded what is question. coming next? You safety is the uh is the next one um so awesome. in january we're launching a new safety course to the biggest negative piece of feedback that we got was that we weren't going overseas i'm sorry COVID was going on we tried to accelerate as hard as we could during COVID. we keep a very dense talent pool so those who become facilitators uh of the course and of our like breakout courses they've worked their way through the records they've graduated through the course They've come back and they mentored, they've ran their own course, and now they're, they're, they have the ability to then create and facilitate their own stuff. So Megan Vernier is out there. She will be running a USAFE course in January. Again, on LinkedIn, we have a, we have a channel um, I'll put on the Morpheus site where people can apply. If you're in USAFE, you can apply for the next course. We do use TMT time to time. Uh, Global Strike Command likes to use TMT, but we usually just have Eventbrite because sometimes we know, uh, if anybody's ever worked staff, 
I can send a TMT out from Global Strike Command. It could take anywhere from six to eight months to get down to the squadron and probably never make it to the flight. Looking yeah. for those Mavericks who are in the corner, killing it. They have the talent. They have what's going on. They're looking for that little extra piece, but they'll never tell anybody. So we use Eventbrite. Yeah. And then the actual application process is uh, is really simple. It's You have advocacy from your leadership. So we ask you for a letter of support from your superintendent or your first line commander, uh, whatever it is. It could yeah. be a, a lieutenant in like maintenance squadrons. Uh, but we simply ask for a two paragraphs essay on how you answer why. And we read those, our facilitators read those, and we determine the type of individual, the type of character that could come in this ecosystem. I do want to say when we build courses out, it is not a rubber stamp. We probably, we've removed somebody, if not two people from every single course that has ever happened. Um, it's it's a hard space to exist in. Wait, wait, wait. Navigating wait, wait, the ambiguity, navigating the gray. Wait, I just want to clarify that real quick. You remove people from the course. There's been people removed from the course yeah, before. It's, absolutely. It's, uh, what, again, right? Where do we start? Uh, I have a thing to build champions and catalysts because right. Wedge and I discovered that we couldn't do it all on our own. Mm-hmm. So we figured other people had that issue. Second mm-hmm. thing was I felt like everybody went to a course and they always receive a trophy or an award or um, they know they're going to make it to the end. So they don't dedicate any time and they, they, they mess around, right? You go TDY and yeah. you kind of, you don't focus on it. But this is flipped classroom project-based learning. You have to dedicate the time. So people who don't do that and they want to go there are it's just hard for them to not exist in the rank structure and clear-cut lines and uncomfortable navigating in the gray or having having new relationships with industry and things like this. It's just not for everybody. That doesn't mean that they're not good for the Air Force. It probably means that they're actually amazing for the air force they're amazing for the the structure and the machine and to launch sorties and to get after missions and they they execute phenomenally in their job this is weird trigger you and i live in a weird space where our jobs are are undefined but success is not even determined yet we don't know what our true roles are so it's hard you have to be very confident in what you've done in yourself and your abilities you accept the risk by leaning on your skill and that's that's a lot that's difficult for certain individuals and that's okay yeah yeah yeah. Did you, you are, uh, you're a hundred percent spot on with that. A hundred percent spot on that. Uh, y- you know, it's, it's not just, I, okay. Okay. I'll back up. So one, one of the things that I think that is, is important to realize is that, um, when you look at the innovation space, one, first off, there's a lot of people say, ah, oh, it's innovation theater. Like, you know, you're, I'm sick of the word. Honestly, we've been in this space for a while now. I think both of us have been in this space for like four years. I'm kind of tired of the word just because we hear it all the time. And what does that actually mean? Um, You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to the vice chief. He had a really good point. He said, I don't even like to talk about individuals as innovators. Um, I like to talk about innovation because if you say innovator, then you're excluding people from that. And I thought it was a really, really good point. To that point, I'll say uh, in this space where there's these creative design-minded People, people that are natural problem solvers who love to be able to go after it, who love to be able to think differently and outside the box. Just as though there, just as there are different AFSCs, just as there are different positions that are important in the Air Force, I think it's critically important to recognize that not every person is going to have that that uh, creative, I guess, innovative mind, minded uh, approach to things, and that's okay. I mean, one thing we've heard for a long time is is there has to be equality. This isn't an equality discussion, you know. It, Everybody has different skills, and we need to be able to capitalize on the skills that everybody has, that every individual has. I'm not talking about 
race. I'm not talking about diversity. I'm not talking about background or socioeconomic. I'm talking about the creative power that's in here that's driven by this thing, you know, the, the heart, not just like a plaid shirt. I'm talking about the drive that's in the heart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the drive that's in the heart. And that's something really, really important. And that's why I bring that up is because uh, I, I think when uh, sometimes when we think about innovation and just getting people involved in the space, I think sometimes there's this mis misunderstanding that you can pluck somebody out and drop them into it. It is, I'll just talk from my experience previously in a Sparks Out Advanced Air Force Base, Spark Industries, it was awesome. Um, we did not hire for a position. We hired the person. Because the project was irrelevant. It didn't matter what the project was. If you had the right person that was driven and excited about it, they, they literally naturally produced more results. They went farther, faster, with better results than somebody that if I could have, if I hired to a position and just told them, hey, you're going to work on this project. Is that something that you see in design, design warfare? I know you were talking about, um, yeah. you know, you, there have been people who haven't finished in the program is that, is that also something you see there, that, that it, it is really important to be able to identify the skills and the talents of those individuals who are able to think like that and release that and unleash that? So one of our core tenets is hire the cheerleader, teach the skill. Um, you find that passion, you find that charisma, you find the drive. You can, you can give them the other things. I will also say, like, I try and avoid the I word as much as I can. I've also avoid the L word as in leadership because we are teaching a different leadership tactic and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. technique, but you can't, you can't have those words out there. Uh, I try and use Maverick, Catalyst, Force Multiplier, things like that, because th these individuals can have skills all across the board. Uh, even sometimes, too, when those skills work, like you might have somebody who can 3D print or additive manufacture really well or can design and code, but they're actually not a great um, problem solver. Uh, Wedge always likes to call it uh, innovation is uh, creative thinking with, or sorry, critical thinking with creative execution, which I think is brilliant for it. But it's a very unique skill to have that creativity aspect in the end. Um, we see it all over. So for those who come to the end, they, they like their lockstep, but it's why CPI is great. CPI is great because 80% of the Air Force operates in that mentality. And it'll be great execution. There's a lockstep process. You know what it needs to be done. There's things that can be executed with it. We're looking for some of the squishy things, some of the, the stuff that's harder to define. You don't know what the problem is. You don't really know how you need to execute it. And you don't know what your end state is. Our day-to-day -day trigger, that's what it's like. Right. So I think right. we have it. And I think we're going to keep pushing with it. And again, to go back to your original question, if uh, some of you are looking to get involved, stay on the Morpheus LinkedIn. The Eventbrite will be up there. We're looking for those Mavericks, again, who want to reach out there and capture. If you're a member who's associated with a base leadership or uh, you're on a Magicom command team and you want to reach out to us at Morpheus as well, and you want to host uh, a course and have some facilitators come to a base or to your Magicom, reach out. We're here. Morpheus yeah. AF, right? where you can reach out to us and, and you can you can host a course. Um, it's really not that hard. Just I will come out or one of our six facilitators and we can get after it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that is, uh, uh, seriously, that's so huge. That, 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 that enabling of the commanders, enabling of people, enabling of organizations to be able to do that, that does, to me, I feel like that just changes literally everything because it, it opens up the opportunity for people to be able to solve their own challenge to solve their own problems and no kidding, get after it uh, in this way that is this education process. So I know one of the questions is going to come up um, before before we get out of here and wrap up. There's never enough time. One of the questions is going to be, okay, so when somebody graduates from, from design warfare, then what? So they've gone through the training. What after that? Is there a certificate? Is there a, uh, is there a, uh, 
NS. Yeah, is there anything that goes with this to be able to indicate, hey, I'm a design warfare grad? Because you see them around. I mean, people literally have it on their LinkedIn profile. They have it on their profiles on Instagram. Hey, design warfare graduate. Um, what what happens after that? Or what do you think? Uh, what, what's being kind of molded around? If I walk past them in the hallway, I pretend like I don't know them. No, I just, <laughs> 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 no. So what we do, uh, every course, every course comes to its capstone. Each team presents its journey, their team name, how they got to where they, what was their process? What was it like for them? Cause when we're teaching, we're trying to scale personality. We're teaching experience. We're not worried about them solving problems. We want to know who has grasped it, who is on a mindset growth. Uh, so when they're done, we, I love that you bring up the SEIs. Great great leap uh when they're done we usually ask um the least we ever had sometimes we don't have any at most we've had three but what we would consider nobody gets a certificate nobody gets we get like little funny trophies that we give out um one of the students came up with it uh it's just a talking piece right it doesn't show oh i'm great i have this trophy it's just a little thing for people to ask oh what the heck is this yeah uh yeah but we ask some of the graduates, somebody who really is taking the growth, they've gotten deep down into the reading. They're on their third or fourth book sometimes when they finish the course and they're working their way through the reading list. We ask them to come back and if they'd like to be a mentor. So then they ride shotgun on the next course, they mentor. And then after that, uh, if they, they've executed some lessons, they've finished the reading list, they've been able to facilitate their own course, we make them a facilitator of design warfare. So we have six of them out there. But the grand piece, the big thing, what has Morpheus done was an actual item that we've, we've brought to the table. Uh, the amazing Liz Garcia, uh, she is on our team. She is phenomenal. Yeah. I, the, what she has taught triggering myself for those out there about how the air force actually works and the oh corporate system and like <laughs> personnel stuff and like things that we probably should know. Uh, Liz has schooled us time and time again, yeah. but she has successfully locked in uh, SEIs, and we've started this path to to give people special experience identifiers yeah. for who are design warfare facilitators, and then we have uh, innovation uh, practice professional innovation leaders. So we have things like that coming out. You'll see them in the future. They'll be posted through the appropriate channels, right? Corporate Air Force, we got to use the system what it is. So my yeah. peers will be a launch. We're starting internal. So yeah, our actual facilitators will be identified. So if you have a facilitator in your command or your leadership or you're out there, you can pull it up on the SEI list and be like, oh. I have one of these guys. I could probably do something. Um, and we have them out there. And mem we're rank agnostic. So it could be anywhere from uh, as high as lieutenant colonel to an airman who might be a facilitator. But you'll never know. They might wear a Hawaiian shirt on Friday like this guy. Or they yeah. uh, they might just be cranking on a, a piece of equipment somewhere, like fixing an engine. Or they could be the person at finance, you know, running through your processes. You, you don't know. You don't know who they are. Um, they're they're just a different type of mindset. Yeah. Man, that that's a... Uh, uh... I'm truly, truly excited for what's to come, not only with design warfare. I'm truly excited uh, to see what 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 this looks like for other entities who maybe didn't know about design warfare. Um, and, and that's, I guess, one question we'll kind of end it with. Is there so individuals, that's how you how you get plugged in. Hey, stay stay linked up with us with LinkedIn, uh, with the Morpheus LinkedIn. We're going to have a website up very quickly. Uh, if, if it's not already up by the time that this airs, uh, it's morpheusaf.com. Um, right now, if you go there uh, currently, literally as we record this, you'll be taken to a Google site. We're transitioning everything over to be able to go there. So you can go to morpheusaf.com to be able to get that. Also, you can go to the Morpheus LinkedIn page. If, if there's a, an organization, an entity, maybe a, a Magcom that says, hey, we want this. We want to be able to select people and do this, do the sprint. What do they need to do? Same thing. Reach out. Reach out online. Reach out. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> What's up? Hey, I'm Cap. Uh, I do innovation stuff. 
come uh, come hit me up on LinkedIn or uh, hit you know Morpheus. I think you've heard about it a few times. Follow that rabbit, see where it leads, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll get you plugged in. Follow the white rabbit. Do it. Yeah. Oh wait, we'll get you, we'll get you unplugged. We don't want to plug you in. We want to unplug you. Mm, 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 interesting. Mm, little Easter yeah. there. Open, oh, no pun intended. Open the capability. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, dude, Cap, man, uh, seriously, it's been so much fun having you here on Disruptive AF. It is always a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, gals, you're going to see Cap a lot more often as one of my co-hosts here as we bring on multiple great guests around uh, talking in the innovation space, uh, in the Air Force and Space Force. Hey, you might even find some people from the Army and Marines and Navy around here. I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen here uh, on Disruptive Woo! AF. We just, you know, we keep things going and, and changing. If you haven't done it yet, I, I do want to say thank you so much for joining us make sure that you do take time to be able to uh subscribe if you haven't done that yet oh 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 real quick real quick cap i gotta say dude thanks for being with us brother hey hey thanks hey thanks for being with us hey well everybody say bye to bye to cap as we get ready to close out bye cap we'll see you later hey make sure that you uh you head on over uh to uh youtube right here at morpheus (laughs) af it's your chance to be able to uh no kidding follow along with us with what's going on what's taking place right there youtube.com backslash morpheus af or you can also follow it uh with a link uh from linkedin as well make sure you hit the subscribe button and if you haven't done it yet hit that little bell so you get the notifications if you're listening to this on uh, Google Podcasts, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere that uh, that uh, podcasts are available, listen, make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends. If you want to stay tuned with what's happening right now in the U.S. Air Force, Space Force, innovation at Disruptive AF, the edge of innovation right here. Friends, I got to tell you, I couldn't be more thankful and excited to have you be with us. Stay tuned. Uh, keep up with us. And I am looking forward to be able to continue bringing more great guests to you right here on Disruptive AF. We'll see you all later.